Well, hello and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Main Point. It's Monday, June 27th, 2022 at Rosa Sharon Baptist Church. I am the associate pastor here. My name is Jonathan Hendrickson, and I'm joined with uh, two of our other pastors, our children's pastor, Blake Flincham, and our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy. And uh, what we do here on Monday Main Point, uh, if you've never listened before, um, is we just kind of take a look back at the Sunday sermon and talk about... um, Talk about uh, talk about it in a little bit more in depth and look at practical application of, of some of the things that were brought up and uh, a lot of times as pastors we we do a whole lot of research into our sermons and um, we only have that twenty or thirty minutes or so to 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 try and express everything that we've spent uh, you know a week or more looking into and so there's there's always other things that we don't have time to explore and so we like to do that here on the main point um, and so yeah that's kind of what we're going to do today we're we're looking at uh, a message that was brought. Uh, actually, this is VBS week for us. Well, it was VBS week. We just wrapped up our vacation Bible school. Had a great vacation Bible school here at Rosa Sharon, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we just wrapped it up. We we the the theme was monumental, and um, I thought it was kind of neat that group actually for the most part stayed in one Bible story this year for all the different Bible adventures. They we, they really sort of. Uh, uh, Homed in on on uh, on Joseph and the Joseph story, and pulled all the biblical truths that they pulled from that story, save one. And then you know, of course, they want to work the gospel in, so they 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 clearly, uh, I think the the fourth one, uh, they, they look mostly at the Jesus story more than the Joseph right, story. But they they did bring up some parallels. You know, oh really? The things that they taught about Joseph. So they taught so so they talk about Joseph in every single night. Then that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. it was just a little, a great just a little snippet where you, yeah. when you were talking about it, that you kind of did a parallel with Joseph. That's cool, yeah. but because because um, in years past it's felt like a little bit of a hodgepodge, <laughs> and so yeah. so it's kind of neat that they just stayed in one one area and and really explored that, but. Joseph is a good one because of some of the things you were bringing out yesterday. And I, man, at the it, I think it was towards the end of your sermon actually that you brought it out. But the parallels between jo- Joseph's story and the the you know the Jesus story, the narrative surrounding Jesus and the the gospel um, is really there's a whole lot more there than I had even thought to explore. I think you said. Was the number you quoted? Is that an actual? Is, did you? Did yeah, that come there's research, a, like sixty. You uh, yeah, said? Arthur Pink and uh, another guy had made lists in comparisons, and of course, other people's added to it. But I was, uh, I pulled from a thing where a guy had sixty parallels. Man, and that's some lot. of them were a little stretchy. <laughs> <laughs> that's because we. Yeah. That's because we preachers like to do yeah. that. Oh yeah, <laughs> but oh, yeah. Mo- for the most part, they and I picked the ones out that were kind of real obvious. <laughs> Uh, to make the parallels, but yeah, I mean, the more you look into it, uh, it is. I, I think I made a quote about G, uh, Joseph's story. Yeah, from Gospel Coalition, Joseph's, Joseph's story is the story of the whole Bible, and when you look at it, it really is. Yeah, you know, because he was uh, born into a family that was, you know, had its issues, dysfunctional. You know, a dad with four different wives. Uh, so you had all the dynamic. He he was chosen as the favorite. Um, and then his brothers didn't listen to his dreams, didn't listen to his vision, um, were jealous of him, rejected him, rejected him. They they removed his coat. They sold him into slavery. Uh, so that meant they betrayed him too. And then, then they took his coat, killed a lamb, mm-hmm. poured the blood on it. Yeah. Then they tricked their dad and made their dad go throughout the rest of his life for over twenty years. You know, thinking that this. Son was dead, and probably in the back of his mind, knowing these these guys killed him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, think about just what he went through. Right, yeah. right. And that's why he was overprotective of Benjamin. And then, I mean, when you look at the whole story, then then he gets falsely accused, even though he had no sin, got falsely accused, put in prison, um, and then, you know, finally he gets out of prison, and then he gets a new robe, a new position, a ring. A crown. He's he's in charge, right? And he instead of using this position for himself, he uses it to save people. Right. His brothers show up, and uh, finally he reveals himself to his brothers. He forgives them for what they did, and uh, he's reunited with his dad, reunited with his younger brother. Um, and like 
you know, it's kind of like the, it parallels with the resurrection because, you know, he was dead. Now right. he's alive. Right. His, right. You know, the dad really didn't believe it. What do you mean? Right. And it was kind of interesting because um, I heard a sermon one time, uh, and I can't remember who, who it was that preached it. And it was either at seminary or somewhere I went to. Uh, and when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, because they didn't really recognize him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when Jesus showed up, they, you know, yeah. after the resurrection, right. they didn't really recognize him. Yeah. And so when he told the people to leave the room, this, this person speculates, and I feel like it was probably true, but I didn't bring it up in the message, but he believes that when Joseph sent the people out of the room mm-hmm. and came closer to him, that what Joseph did was revealed himself showing that he was he circumcised. circumcised. I've heard that before too. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that was the revealing truth yeah. that they're like, oh my gosh. And then they could see his, because, you know, because they, probably, the gym, because they he, probably thought he was Egyptian, right? Yeah, because he's clean shaven and has his hair cut. Right. Which is the way the Egyptian monarch, monarchs and kings were, mm-hmm. pharaohs were. And so, you know, then they could see the similarity in this is Joseph. Yeah. And so he knew too much intimate detail about them, too. Yeah. And so, um, so I mean, it's just a fascinating story. Because I remember when we did the Jesus Storybook Bible, mm-hmm. I think I did a thing on Joseph, too, and had the parallels. Oh, okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't find it. If I would have found it, I probably would have kept, kept all the parallels. Because <laughs> I remember it was really impactful then. And so, uh, but yeah, so it, it's just, it's really amazing. Because it, it is the story of the whole Bible. Because yeah. it's his story and our story. It's Jesus' story, and then it's how we're supposed to live our life, you know. Right. Uh, as we, as I kind of looked at the, the main passage we looked at about what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Right, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, too, is that we're just going to kind of zero in on what what you did, which is, you know, we could look at that whole entire story, and you could do a whole sermon series with Joseph. Oh, yeah. I mean, a long sermon series with Joseph. Yes. Um, but, but we're going to kind of zero, you yesterday zeroed in on the, really the end of the story. It's, it's, it's towards the very end of this narrative. Um, when this is after, this is after Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers, his, his father and his brothers have all moved out there to Egypt. They're all doing well. And then that, and then, uh, his father dies and it's at the death of his father that the brothers are like, oh no, here it comes. The, the you know the other shoe's about to drop now. Now that dad's dead, Joseph's got we got nothing to protect us any longer, and Joseph is going to come after us. And so they, I think you're right. By the way, I don't think Jacob ever told them, no. hey, you know, go send this message to your brother. I think they made that stuff up. Yes, yeah. they did. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, they, they, <laughs> well, for I sure. Mean, and like you said, they, they don't even go themselves. They're so right. scared. They send a messenger mm-hmm. to say to, to send this message to Joseph that, uh, hey, your dad, your dad said well, before remember, he died. If you remember uh, Esau and Jacob, Jacob did the same thing with Esau. Yeah, I think you might have preached on that. No, I did. Where he sent. Everybody. Oh, he sends everybody. He, he sends all of his <laughs> children. He first, sends his kids, and like, his wives, and he's his gifts. wrestling with God. And he stays in the back. Yeah. yeah. And then he <laughs> finally shows up. Yeah. And then he goes, and Esau forgives him, but he's like, he still didn't trust him. And, oh, I'm going to go live over here. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we, so get, we get the feeling. Technically, these guys did the same exact Yeah. Well, thing. you know, we get the feeling actually from that story that. Although Jacob and Esau reconcile at that point after he wrestles with God, Jacob still just doesn't say, he never stays safe no. with Esau. He no. never really trusts his brother, I don't think. I think he's always afraid that his brother's going to, so he leaves. He doesn't, he doesn't, they reunite and they have a reconciliation. And I, you know, just briefly, yeah. but briefly. And then Jacob kind of goes and does his own thing and stays away from Esau for the rest of, for the rest of his days. And so, yeah, it's no wonder that his kids grow up and do the exact same thing. Because I mean, technically, Joseph had the political position and power to say, "Off with their heads." Yeah. Well, and, let's, in, and in biblical times, that's really what. If you look at the kings at all, you know, that's what they did. They they, they went and destroyed well, I wanna, destroyed a, an empire, and then they cut the king's head off, or made them blind, or. Imprisoned them and something. Yeah, like. so I actually wanted to talk about that. I was. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do yeah. it now because one of the thing I think the thing that you said yesterday was when when his brothers come in and or when that message gets delivered, J- Joseph has authority, right, and has the right to just get rid of all of his brothers, their wives, their kids, everybody. He has that. He has the 
the right. And I would say he has the means to do it. It's not that In he, fact, the Egyptians would have, they probably expected him to do he that. He could have oh, done yeah. it. He could have done it and nobody would have said otherwise. And that, you know, that's the thing about it. It's not just that he had the right to do it. He had the means by which to do it. That he was probably expected to do it. In, and, and, and probably in that and people probably expected yeah. him to do it. And yet we see him choose to do the opposite. And 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 so I think Which parallels with the Jesus story too. It does. And but, <laughs> yeah. but I think I think him doing that. the opposite in that moment actually is more powerful mm. to me because he has the ability to do otherwise. So it, it's one thing to say, you know, I have um, you know, I have the I have a right to go and, and attack my brother, you know, who who who's attacked me, right? You know, maybe maybe somebody has has, has done something to me, and, and I have the you know I have a right and the expectation to go and attack him back because he's attacked me, but I just don't have the means to do it, all right? I don't, and and if I do it, I'm going to get in trouble for doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I you know it's going to cause a problem if I go and do it. And so I, I choose not to do it in that moment because I might say, well, I, you know, I'm trying to take the higher road, but really it's because I don't want to get in trouble for attacking someone mm-hmm. or I don't have the means by which to do what I really want to do. But with Joseph, Joseph has the ability to do what, in this case, he has the ability to do it and nobody is going to, he's not going to get in any trouble for doing it. And so, um, not, not in the earthly way anyway. And so... The full expectation, and the expectation is there for him to do it. For him to choose to do otherwise in that moment is is more powerful than if, if somebody chooses not to because, you know, they're afraid of getting in trouble or they're, or they just, you know, they, they, they have the desire, they have the, they feel like they have the right to do it, but they, they don't do it because of, you know, they don't have the means to do it. Yeah, and like, a, I think like how Jeff was saying yesterday, like even in the Egyptian times, uh, they would have expected it, but even today, we would still expect somebody if they've been done really wrong to uh, give retribution back. Yeah, and and if there's not any retribution back, you know, you think, well, is it? Are they going to get them at a later time when they're at their lowest, when it really hurts the most, or you know, there's all sorts of things going through. Like, is there a you know, like a backroom kind of plan going on right, about right. this or? But you know the like grace and mercy are not the first things that come to mind. They're not, and, and even even <laughs> in somebody who you know, and I bring this up a lot because I think it's a, I think it's remarkable in some ways. Even in somebody that we would um, sort of honor as a as a good leader, which is like King David. King David on his deathbed basically tells his son Solomon, like, get after him. Get, get yeah. you know, I couldn't. I made promises to these guys not to go after them and not to yeah. go after their families, but you didn't make those promises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like one I mean, guy. It's like a, it's like a full on yeah. Godfather like one moment. Guy, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I forget his name, but his whole thing was he had to stay in his his house. Mm-hmm. He was under house arrest basically until mm-hmm. the day he died. And if he ever ventured out, then he could be killed. Yep. And sure enough. He ventures out during Solomon's reign, and Solomon's like, "Hey, you messed up." I think he went to get a, a yeah. animal or something. That it was some kind of crazy thing. Where then he goes and yeah, okay, off with their head. So there, and, and, and again, the, the the you know the expectation there, even with even with King David, is that you do these things. You know, you know, make sure and take care of all your rivals. Make sure and you know anybody that could rival you anybody that could possibly be a threat to your kingdom you you have the right to go and take them out and with, and with King David I mean David has experienced grace and forgiveness for doing some horrible things right and I mean right and he even writes poems and poetry about how God's forgiven him and yet in that moment he's like no no you go and take care of this because yeah. the practical side of the kingdom says to go and do that so I think the same thing with Joseph here I mean Joseph uh, I, you know, Joseph um, hasn't even like he's basically Pharaoh's second in command, and yeah. given the authority, he's in charge. Yeah. So all he had to do was say, "Yeah, we're going to execute these guys," and nobody would have said boo about it. I mean, it's fact, like it's, they, they, I think they probably expected him to. That's why they got word back to Pharaoh, like something's going on here, but he's not treating them the way normally it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
And at this point, I think uh, the, the Egyptian people knew that that was his brothers. That, that yeah, they once actually, they knew, and remember, they, he, they knew he that had one other way of saving them because he said they're all a bunch of shepherds, which mm -hmm. they were abomination to the Egyptians. Right. So they weren't going to touch them or deal with them because they didn't want to be around these people that were unclean. And so basically, they were able to live and survive. Yep. And it wasn't until Joseph dies later on when you when you go into the. Uh, the next, the next uh, right. book. Well, they're they're that, all that, that Joseph dies, and there's a one one or two generations later that they've forgotten about Joseph. Right. Now, now they become slaves. Right. They're all living over in Goshen, yes. just outside of Egypt, mm -hmm. just outside of Egypt proper. Yeah. Proper. So, yeah. So you know, I guess I guess he, hearing that, and and this gets to that first point. Um, you know, because uh, the first point that you made is that 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 like Joseph, we're going to encounter people who intend to harm us. And um, that's just a reality of life, right? I mean, the reality is we're going to have people who, and I, I, I like the words you use here, who intend to harm us. I think that there's a difference, guys, between those who intend or work to 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 purpose, you know, purposely harm someone or bring harm to us or or attack us or persecute us or whatever. And those who hurt us, um, you know, with good intention, because there there are people who have good intentions, who are not not being mal, have no mal intention whatsoever, but can still end up hurting us. Yeah, I mean, those things are going to happen. That right. happens, and yeah. that happens a lot in churches. Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of times, if you look at a lot of disagreements that happen in churches, in church life, a lot of times, people have good intentions. They 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 think that they're doing the right thing, um, and they'll still hurt people in the process. There's a great book written on that, um, uh, a great uh, uh, devotional series uh, called uh, "Well-Intentioned Dragons" um, mm. that I love, um, and it names all the different ways and all the different well-intentioned dragons that we encounter in church life. And these all, and these people all have good intentions. They want to help their church. They want to see the church. And they think that by doing these things, they're going to, they're, they're doing the right thing. And they don't realize that by doing these things, they're, they're breathing fire harm. and yeah. causing harm. And, and, and with, yeah, with that with church, you know, because a lot of times they can't have good intentions, but the way they come across can be like, you know, power hungry or backstabbing or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, or, um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, so, really, it can you can sow discord with good intentions. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's sometimes, certain, certain. You know, so, and, you know, the enemy, he loves to use that kind of stuff to wreck church life. Um, so, yeah, I like I like that you brought that yeah, up. But, yeah, but this was like an intentional act they did. I mean, because the literally means to weave. So this yeah, was so I was thinking about that. Yeah. And, and the cool thing, which I brought up in the second point, was it's the same word. Is used now for God. Yeah, he, he takes what was woven for bad and reweaves it to something. Yeah, good. that's right. So, but yeah, so this, so that's why I, I guess I used the word may because I didn't want to make it like uh, I didn't want everybody to think everything that ever happened to him in life then <laughs> is a result of some something that God now is going to use for good. And right. so, so you have to really have discernment. And so, like you just said, one big thing is: did they intentionally hurt me, or did they just hurt me and no intention right hey let's get on with it but if they're plotting and scheming and manipulating and things are going on now they're hurting me so how am i going to respond yeah and so what they're thinking you're going to do because if they are conniving and doing all that it you know it's kind of like kind of like politics then i'm doing all these things intentionally behind your back and sowing discord or you know throwing mud or all these things that happens in in kind of like worldly ways sure then the person doing that is going to expect you when i do that to you because you're my foe or enemy or the person i don't like then you're going to in kind then return back to yeah. me what happened to me and so they're already expecting that mm -hmm. and so what joseph did was he did the unexpected even though he had told him previously you know god meant all this for good and we're going to see that in the second point He's re reassured them to now that, hey, look, yeah, what you intended for evil, God meant for good to save not only us, but save everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so it's that it's definitely an intentional uh, uh, 
intentional harm caused by someone toward yeah. you or towards the church or towards Christianity or towards Jesus Christ. Yeah. So how do you respond to that? Right. Now, I, I like that because um, I, I hadn't heard the thing about the, the Hebrew word meaning like to weave or to... Because you think about... Um, when you think about like if, I, if I'm thinking about like um, uh, weaving or, uh, or you know, pl- you know plotting together this... this these these different strands to scheme right there's there's mm-hmm. scheming involved yeah. and so there's all these strands that that they had to work together they had to they had to come up with the the idea of of, of catching him off guard and then they had to come up with the idea of okay we're going to throw him in a pit no okay now what we're going to do is we're we're going to no we're going to sell him oh but if we sell him then we got to come up with some way to hide it from dad and so they had to weave all these strands every together every lie created a new lie every lie you know and so there's this whole that every every step of that process though is very intentional towards bringing harm to joseph oh, bringing yeah. suffering yeah. to joseph and so when you look at even when he goes to egypt potiphar's wife intentionally harmed him Right. Uh, now the cupbearer, whether it was intentional or not, uh he he harmed him by keeping him in in prison much, sure. you know, a couple of years longer. Sure. But even that God still used. Right. Because at the right time when Pharaoh needed the dream interpreted, the guy goes, Oh yeah, by the way. But if you look if you're looking here, I mean <laughs> the brothers for certain Yes. The brothers intentionally And this is the context. Right. That they were, Those brothers yeah. Every step of the way shows to harm their brother. And so that's the kind of thing we're talking about, right? So then when Joseph, you know, when we, when we say that Joseph had the, had the right to basically turn around and, and, and bury them, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they know that because that's what they're saying. Hey, he's, you know, now that his uh, dad, now that, now that his father's dead, he's going to, Show us anger and pay us back. Right, right. All the right. wrong we did. That's fully so they what they know expect. that he's, he is, you know, he's in a position like, of power and authority. He has all the political means it, to destroy his enemies. Yeah, and Jeff, I like what you said because I think there's some truth to it. When people work to harm you, and I do mean work, or like they, they, they intentionally do things to harm you, to cause you uh, problems, to be an obstacle to you, uh, to the church, whatever, right? When they do that, they fully expect, their expectation is that you're going to do the same to them. Mm-hmm. That that uh, if you if it's ever found out that that's what's going to, they expect. You call me a liar, fight. I'm going to call you a liar. Right. That you're going to, as you said, fight back. Yes. That's the expectation. I just think there's some truth to that. I think that... Um, that oftentimes if somebody goes after someone and they just fully expect them to come back at them because that's the way of the world, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the way things go. Like a get-even kind of mindset. Yeah, we all have this sort of get-even mindset, and, right, Blake? And a lot of times, you know, <laughs> going back to like the intention stuff, you can want to get even with somebody and have a, like this weird good intention, if you will, that, you know, you want to teach them a lesson so mm-hmm. that it won't happen again. But still, it's like, you know, swooping down to their level is not really the best thing either. <laughs> so then so then, what Joseph shows us, and, and we're going to see this too, um, what Joseph shows us is that while he could have intentionally brought harm to his brothers in the same way they intentionally brought harm to him, he intentionally chooses forgiveness, mm-hmm. and there's there's intentionality there. It, this isn't this isn't something. That, so again, like that, and when I think when you do that, when you follow this example, and it's the example that Joseph gives us, but it's also the example that Jeff pointed out that Jesus sets for us. Right mm-hmm. when we intentionally choose compassion, grace, mercy. Forgiveness. One, it throws our 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 enemies into disoriented mode. They're like they don't understand what what's going on. Mm-hmm. Wait, how can you? Why are you not fighting back? You're supposed to fight back. You're not fighting back. Right. And 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 they, and and then it's why aren't you fighting back? Yeah, I mean a great example that happened recently, and we've talked about before, was like that Charleston shooting mm. where that young man. Yeah, went and killed those That's people. A good example. Well, and that was in the midst of 
you know, rioting and burning down and stuff. Mm-hmm. That kind of all happened at about the same time. But when those people showed up at the initial hearing, which was like two or three days later, the whole church comes there and they're all saying, we forgive you. It's almost like it took all the, I mean, it was like the complete opposite. And, you know, but there's well, other people and then the that world, would claim to be Christians, and they're the ones stoking the flames, and we're going to riot, we're going to protest, we're going to tear things up, we're going to destroy things, because we want justice. And so, but the tr- the people that showed the true Christianity, it takes all the, uh, it takes, it, it basically shows what it's supposed to be. Right. right? And it, so if, if, we, if we as Christians, if we fight back and insult back and all, then all of a sudden now we're just stuck there in the world and we're not really making a difference. Well, you know, and I think I think another great example <clears throat> is, around that same time is the 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 brother of of the um, was the brother of the guy who who was shot and killed yeah, by, by that, the police by officer, the police officer. And we showed actually showed the right, video. we showed the clip of that and then you saw him say, Can can I give her a hug? Yes. And it was and when you see moments like that, what's it's interesting way is more powerful than the world stops and takes yes, notice yes. of that. Oh, yeah. Because it's so counter to what is expected. Nobody expects that. Everybody expects that guy to be sitting there seething and ready to just pounce on her and just, just destroy her for killing his brother. And instead, they see love and grace and mercy and like physical affection towards towards the person. In fact, yeah. he got in trouble afterwards because some of the lawyers were upset that he did that. <laughs> because you know their whole thing is we're gonna, you know, we're gonna sue somebody or we're gonna sue the city or we're gonna, you know, it's all a big, it's just a big uh, fight and everything. And that church down in Charleston, in which was an obvious hate right. crime. You right. Know, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, no doubts about it. Right. Obvious hate crime, and that church truly showed Christian forgiveness. Right. And then, like and, I said, and, and if you look at the results of it, they took down that Confederate flag from the Capitol grounds. Mm-hmm. the The whole the whole state. It was like people were like, "Okay, these are things we need to do." It yeah. wasn't like. Nobody had to like go like tear down anything burn or burn down, down or, anything yeah, or destroy or anything. Or riot. And it and it happened. So to me that was like that's you know, that's the way it should be as far as us as Christians showing the world here's how we do it. But the the, the thing that I would say is that the world is gonna stand stand up and take notice of of one of you know, one of two reactions. If we go and we get extreme with our fighting Mm-hmm. And we fight back. The world notices that, mm-hmm. and the world will will call us out for being hypocrites and for being. And they're going to fight that much harder. And they oh, fight yeah. that much harder. But when we stop and we display grace and mercy and act in a way that nobody else would act, they stop and take notice of that too. And I think the question is: is which one are we going to be? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, fellas, uh, I I just did bring this up, but I mean. The things that I'm seeing, even in Facebook and on Twitter, mm. um, sometimes social media is just the worst. Um, yeah. And and right now, in the midst of the the sort of aftermath of the the Supreme Court decision that, that came down on Friday uh, in 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 the Roe v. Wade uh, in the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, I'm I'm more upset over my my fellow brother and sister Christians acting the way they're acting on social media right now than I am with the angry messages I'm seeing from the other side of the fence. It's saddening to see. Um, and I, in Micah, it talks about to seek justice, mm-hmm. love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of our Christian brothers and sisters are just doing the first part of that, seek mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. And really, I think you got, kind of got like a trio right there, kind of like, you know, you know, you don't really do one without the others. And obviously, I think the Christian stance is to be pro-life. I think the Bible sure. supports that. And it's nothing's wrong with sticking up for that, but there's a way in which we don't want to come across as hating of those people because they are lost. 
You know, a good yeah. majority of them are lost. And we're not – ideally, you want to win them over to Christ, yeah. you know, but and to pray for them. But you've got this hatred of abortion, which I think is a, can be healthy. But when that flows over into our speech to that person and hatred of that person – that's where it gets real testy with yeah. our with our witness and the other thing that I see Blake yeah. is is I see a lot of Christians acting as though our job as Christians is to set up a theocracy in the United States of America and that's just not the truth the, our mission as Christians is to promote the gospel to make disciples of G, you know to make disciples uh, of, of Jesus Christ right to go and make disciples of all, not just America, but of all the world. And when we focus so much on, you know, our country and trying to make this like some sort of theocracy where we're trying to legislate morality and stuff, man, and it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't support that decision. I fully support the decision. Right, right. I am fully pro-life um, and, you know, and I, I I think it was the right move to make. I think it's the even to, even outside of a Christian in the legality it, sense. Yeah, it even was just right. in the legality yeah. sense. I think it, the Constitution it, it interprets this way. I don't think you know. I think it's the right move to make. That being said, I just um, man, I, my my goal as a Christian, I, you know, do I want to live in a Christian nation? Well, sure. I mean, it'd be great to live in a Christian nation, but God, the Bible says, I am made foreigner and a stranger in this land yeah. and i should expect it to feel like a foreign strange land well i think a lot of, to back up what you, i think a lot of times we might struggle with what the first century jews did with the expecting the expectation of a messiah who would come with a earthly kingdom at first mm-hmm. and jesus is like my kingdom isn't of this world yeah and i mean because we won't you know they were wanting this Messiah to come in, kick butt, take names, fight against the Romans, you know, if you you know, if you will, you know, for you know, against the pro choice abortion stance for right, right now. Right, we kinda right. have that same mentality. And we gotta remember that lost people and I'm not trying to make an excuse for them, but lost people are going to act lost. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And our hateful rhetoric Yep. I'm not sure has ever brought anybody to Christ. It, it does. I, I think. Yeah, I think it does just the opposite. In fact, I think what it does away. is it, it creates a greater and greater divide between Christianity and the culture that we're in. And and it, it's tough sometimes because I like me personally. I have a hatred for abortion mm-hmm. because I think it's a sick and detestable thing. Right. You know, when it's you know just like on demand and stuff like that. Right. Um. And for anybody who supports, you know, at first, you know, I'm, you know, I'm tempted to be like, why in the world would you ever think like this? But they're lost, you know. So I have to, you know, preach, you know, preach myself. And JD, I was actually at Summit one time, uh, listening to a. Now you want to talk about something that was really, really convicting. JD talked about how a lot of these people who are lost supporting this in ways that you wouldn't never want to hear. He put up a picture of some, I want to, I think it was some New York lawmakers smiling mm-hmm. at their passing of the um, like late term, like a like partial birth abortion up to mm-hmm. late term, and they're smiling about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is completely evil. Mm-hmm. But without Christ, we are just as evil as what these people are. Yeah. yeah. And, it was like, oh wow, you know, you want right. to talk about like a, <laughs> like right. a knockout punch of conviction but right there. That's important to remember, it right? Is. It's important to remember that that without Christ, we're we're all we were dead, just like, you know, we're dead. We're dead in our trespasses. We belong to the darkness. I mean, all that stuff, right? Uh, it's very easy to take the high to, to take the high road and pretend like we're all high and righteous and mighty and stuff. But the truth is, is that we need to remember that those people who have yet to surrender their lives to Christ are, like you said, they're lost people, and they're going to act and choose. They're going to choose legislation. They're going to choose a lifestyle that that supports, you know, celebrating or not celebrating, but supports um, their own me, right, and and yeah. what I want, as opposed to what Jesus wants or what God wants for their lives, and. 
that shouldn't surprise us. That should, come, that should come as no surprise to us whatsoever. And us forcing us forcing stuff onto them, right, is is not the way to get them to understand what Jesus offers them. Well, and two, I think we can be the worst at shaming people for mm-hmm. that. And I'll be honest, the the last thing that somebody who's just gone through an abortion needs is shaming from Christians. Oh, I agree. Because there's a lot of even you know you take Christianity out of it for a second. There's a lot of medical, you know, depression that comes with that. And I, I've heard of some people who commit suicide after <laughs> yeah, them because yeah. there's so much shame and guilt. They don't need to hear any more of that from us. They need to hear a message of forgiveness, like what Joseph is talking about. You well, know, and help come alongside. Yeah. So what I would say you. is, you know, as we're if you are celebrating that decision, just be careful with the way you do it. There's a lot of people who are scared right now. Um, a lot of people who are hurt and you jumping on their grave doesn't really help the case. Especially when it's raw right now. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and the thing is, uh, a lot of Christians marry their politics with their religion. That's so true. And I use that word religion loosely, but... Right. Right. um, And so, if I'm in a political fight, I'm going to fight with political means. Mm. Well, we're not called to, to go into political fights. We're called to present the gospel. Yeah. And um, so they want the fight. They understand the fight. And then if we come back at them and fight like they fight, then we're just still going to continue to have a divided country and never get anything accomplished for the, you know the everyday average common ground people. And so hopefully this will help people come to a conclusion that makes sense, that's logical, that's reasonable, and that um, you know there can be some more safeguards and, and different things uh, because abortion is going to be here. Yeah. Not every state's going to outlaw it. Right. And uh, and um, even here in North Carolina, I don't think it's going to. No, you know. uh, it's still going to be what it is right now. I think twenty four weeks. But, yeah. But yeah. Um, even at that, I mean, the last <laughs> the the last thing you do is like, okay, my opponent's down. Now I'm going to stomp on them. Right. That's the political thing. Our thing should be just to continue to pray, continue to provide alternatives. Um, when people have these children now, you know, the church has got to step up and okay, we've got to be there for people. You know, one of the, one of the, one of the, the sort of uh, condemnations that, that the other side of this of, of the fence has to say is you're only pro-life when it's, when it's a fetus, right? Mm-hmm. But you're, you're, not, you're not very pro-life when it comes to from womb to tomb. And, you know, truth be told, I think that there's some, there's, there's, there, we got to look in the mirror there and say, well, you know, there's some honest, that, that, honestly, we need to look at that. And as 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 the Church of Jesus Christ, we need to we need to take steps to do exactly what you just said. If we're really going to be pro life, let's be pro life from womb to tomb. Let's let's really, you know, be there for people, help people um, that are you know wherever they are in in that process of life. If we're going to be pro life. Let's always be pro life. Right, pro-life and because like with. I heard a statistic for like every abortion center there is, Christians have gotten three support pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where are we on some immigration stuff? You yeah, know, right. like, you know, we can we can be really good and pro-life with the abortion. And, you know, rightfully so. I think, you know, I'm really thankful that our pregnancy centers that we have are doing great things. But, you know, with the, uh, you know, you know, they'll mention school safety. You know, mm-hmm. what are we going to do about that? Because obviously, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of America. We're sick of seeing school shootings, you know. Right, yeah. Or, you know, like, what? what's our stance? What are we going to do about that? You know, immigration. You know, kids who uh, might have maybe illegal parents, but they were born here. You know, what about, you know, kind of right. like, what about that? You know, are we going to do? And we can, you know, I think a lot of times in the past we've come across as not all the way there on and, you know, on some of that. And I'll, I'll just point you back know. to something you said earlier, Jeff, um, before before we started the podcast, but we as Christians need to start stop being so judgmental when somebody does make a mistake. Um, you know, and, and instead of making them feel as though the only option they have is to get rid of this pregnancy mm-hmm. in order to still be accepted in, 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 to a ch- accepted in church fellowship, 
we should be like, no, you know, we love you. No, sure, okay, you, maybe you made a mistake, and you're, you're, but we're here. To, we're going to step in and support you. We're going to step in and love you. We're going to step in and show compassion to you, and not treat you any different than we would have treated you before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I mean, in reality, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, I mean, the Bible's filled with stories, and if you look at Jesus's bloodline, uh, and we've done that, right? Questionable women, um, you know. God still gets good out of bad things and evil. And so um, that's the whole point, too, that I was trying to make that he had the political power. Yeah. And if Christians say, we want the political power, well, technically, with the Supreme Court right now, we have political power. Mm -hmm. Now, are you going to wield it? And and then all of a sudden, because that's what the, the, the other side is saying. Now they're going to go after this, they're going to go after this, they're going to go after this. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a lot of Christians saying, yes, let's do it right now. Let's line them all up. Mm -hmm. Is that the prudent thing to do and the right thing to do? Right. Well, as Christians, um, you know, we're supposed to, you know, if it sets up where those things happen, that's 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 okay. But if it's an intentional, the weaving, the plotting, the scheming, and all that, then we're basically like the world. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the point I was trying to make. Yeah, and that gets to your second point, really. Um, that like Joseph, we need to see how God can use uh, these, um, you know, this malintention against us sometimes for His purposes. Um, oh. I like I like the way that you handled this because I've heard other people take this uh, and and go too extreme with it so to the point that that they, they say that for every evil thing that happens to you is only happening because God's going to bring about some greater good out of it, right? And I'm I'm not about that. I think that there are things that are evil that are just you know are evil and they happen and there's no real they're they're what we call gratuitous evils. I think that that does happen. I think gratuitous evil happens. I also think, though, that sometimes that God, God does take evil things that happen and absolutely turn them to the good. What I think is more important than, than any of this is when you look at the story of Joseph, Joseph, without ever knowing the end of the story, no matter what happens to him, when his brothers sell him into slavery, when he's in Potiphar's house as, as a servant, when Potiphar's wife accuses him of something he didn't do, when he ends up in prison, when he ends up in prison and, and, and has a way out and the guy forgets him and, he stayed, and he's, he's still stuck in prison, every step of the way, Joseph never, ever stops trusting God. Mm -hmm. Through all of the suffering, he's trusting God. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know that at the end of the story, he's going to be second in command to Pharaoh. Right. When he's, doing, when he's trusting God, he doesn't know that. He has no clue. You know, for all he knows, he's going to rot in prison. He's, going to, he's just going to stay there well, in prison. Even when he became Pharaoh's second of command, he never knew his brothers were going to show up one day saying, hey, we need food. No, he didn't know any of that. <laughs> he didn't know any of that. Like, he, he had had those dreams early as a kid, but I don't think those, those dreams were like... Certainly, Joseph in prison didn't look back at those dreams and go, well, it's going to happen someday. You know, may, I, he probably is looking at it going, I guess I'm stuck here. That guy forgot me. He was supposed to get me out of here. It didn't work. But I'm going to keep trusting God. And that's what stands out to me about Joseph. And I think it's because he continues to trust God that God, is, God takes the evil that's done against him and is able to use it and bring good out of it. Um, and, and in the end, Joseph, you know, Joseph does become second command. He has all these blessings. I mean, he, he becomes very wealthy. He's very prosperous. Even by earthly standards, um, you know, he, he is really, he, he, you know, the world becomes his oyster in some he, he's, um And he's put in a position of authority and power that where he could take out his brothers if he wanted to. And yet even in that instance, he continues to be trusting of God. I think it's, it's his trust in God that causes him to forgive his brothers. Yes. Um, because he says, who am I to punish you? Yes, That's God's job. That's not my job. I'm not, that's not up to me to punish you. That's somebody who's trusting God, man. And, and when we trust God in the midst of our suffering, I'm not saying it's always going to end up in a bed of roses. 
But certainly, that's the better alternative, right? Than to just give up and, and say, well, God's certainly, God's, God's abandoned me, and so I'm abandoning God. But that's often our, I think that's often what we do. When suffering happens, when evil happens, bad things happen, our tendency is to say, I'm done, right? And, and I'm going to sit down here on my Christian journey, and I'm done and God, you've abandoned me, and so I'm abandoning you, right? Yeah. That, I, that's what happens. I don't know if this is one of the parallels to Jesus or not, but it just came in my head. You know, Joseph, you know, I think in Isaiah, it's pretty clear that Jesus was a man of suffering. And it seems, oh, yeah. and it seems like that Joseph is a man of suffering, Yeah, too. That, was, that was one of the parallels. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Then I don't feel bad saying it then. <laughs> but uh, but uh, even like... I, you know, if you will, like the climax of Jesus' like stress and su- you know suffering going up to the cross, like in Gethsemane, um, before the cross, that is, he's praying in the night. He's still trusting God. He's still trusting in God. When and the thing is, Jesus even knows what's about to come for him. You know, he knows that he's been betrayed, right? And that and. You know, but he's still praying to the to the Father. And, and why? With, because and the author of Hebrews tells us it was for the joy set before the him, right? He the joy the he endured the cross. It's it's for the joy he despised it, but he endured. Yeah. So what what is the joy that what is the joy set before him? Well, it's the will of the Father, right? Right. Trusting and knowing that God is in control. Trusting in God in that moment that God is going to bring good out of this. That's why I'm going to endure. We see people. that with the cross and resurrection. It's yeah, I think in Stephen's sermon, I mean, he pretty much condemns them for killing, for killing Jesus. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, you meant this for evil, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was, you know, it was a heinous thing to kill the, you know, God, right. especially when it was an illegal trial, and you know, talking about Peter's sermon. Yeah, Peter's sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah Peter's sermon. I'm sorry. Um, and you know, it was an illegal trial, and I mean, he did nothing wrong. He right. did nothing deserving of death. Right. Um, they killed him, but he rose again. Yeah. You know, he rose again. And it was prophesied, you know, that it would be that way. But God, but God takes that and used it, obviously, for our, for our good. Mm-hmm. And that was his plan all along. So I don't think it's always the case that, 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 um, uh, that, that God, uh, I don't. I don't think it's ever the case that God uses evil to do good. Right. I don't, right, I don't, right. I want to say it that way. Right. But I think God brings about good in spite of the evil. Does, yeah. Does that and that's sense? the. Oh that's yeah. The point I was trying to make is that. Um, let's see. What What did I say? Like Joseph, we need to see how God can use this for His purpose. In other words, everything that happens to me may not be necessarily something that happened intentionally harmful right that right. god's going to use for something good but if i look at things in my life and i see things happening then they have the eyes and say okay like joseph if, if he was looking at his life and looking back he would see everything but but as you're going through it you really don't see what's happening and so okay god so i mean what i was kind of putting this together too is because like okay i've already preached all these sermons about what happened to me but that was kind of i I felt some of that same Mm. uh feeling about that about you know all this stuff that happened to me last year um you know how god got good out of that yeah and um so you know and i stopped and saw roddy um on the way home yesterday and you know he's having surgery and this is like his third or fourth on the hip and so he's sitting there going but, you know, I, I was able to talk to some of these nurses and share the gospel and tell them about God. And all. I said, yeah, I know that the same thing happened to me. So even in the midst of all that, mm. you know, mm. you were still able to to look at the big picture was what I, how I called it. That there is a big picture out there. And Joseph had this big picture in mind that, that God's going to not only take care of me, but he's going to take care of my family and everything. Because yeah. he knew you know, they had two years of famine, but there's going to be five more. Yeah. yeah. And you you guys have got to come here. you got to bring our father here. We, I've got to take care of you. Well, and so um, so afterwards, you know, after Joseph, Jacob dies, he's still saying, look, I'm taking care of you. You know, and, he, and, he, and the Bible says that he comforted them with comforting words. And, yeah. And I used all those New Testament parallels that, you know, because if you think about Paul, everything he went through... When he's going through it, 
he's like probably thinking, why in the world is this happening? But mm-hmm. I think we talked about that, how when he was put in jail, that that causation, no, it was uh, somebody the other day when I went to the prayer meeting, that him being in jail slowed him down enough where he was able to write letters and write mm-hmm. write mm-hmm. basically the New Testament. If mm-hmm. he never would have been put in jail, mm-hmm. he probably never would have stopped long enough to say, okay, let's write this stuff down and let's mm-hmm. get these truths out there. Mm-hmm. So God was able to use all that. Right. And so that's the whole thing is, if I, okay, if I am going through something, I feel like, all right, somebody's tried to hurt me now looking back at it and looking at what's going on in my life how can now I, now I use that for God's, yeah, and, God's and it, purposes or see his purpose in all this and, and even when it's not somebody hurting you even when it's uh, you know just a bad situation I, I'm reminded of a story that we heard at uh, student life camp and David Platt was talking to the students about being mission missional minded and he talked about how he played baseball in high school and uh, he was uh, getting ready for the season and broke his arm. And it was going to take him out for the whole season. And, you know, hmm. and, and, and he, you know, obviously that's devastating. You're an athlete. You're going to be out for the whole season. Now you're going to be benched. You don't, you know, you've trained all this time. You're ready for this season. And now you don't even get a chance to, to perform and to be there for your team and stuff. And a friend of his who was a Christian came to him and said, okay, how are you going to how are you going to use this? How are you going to use this to, 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 further the, to further the gospel? How are you going to use this to accomplish God's purposes? And so he and his friend thought about it, and he said he had a cast that went from you know, his wrist all the way up his arm. And he said, this is corny. He said, I realize it's corny looking back at it, but it was effective. He said, the two of us worked together and wrote in huge letters, are you sure, on, on, on the cast. <laughs> And so he went around the he went around his high school with this cast on that says, "Are you sure?" And everybody's like, "What does that mean?" Sure about what? Yeah. yeah. And so he used it as an opportunity to talk. Are you sure about your you know your destination? You know where you're going yeah. when you die? Are you sure about your relationship with Christ? And he said, "Okay, yeah, that was a little heavy handed and, and corny." <laughs> he said, "But it worked." And, and 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 he was using that as an example of we can even take it when bad things happen to us when we were suffering when. When you know when people come out, we can use those things. When we're missional minded, we can we can use those things, and 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 God can use those things to bring good out of it. It's not always going to be the case that 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 I don't think God caused him to break his arm so that he would have this cast so that he could do that. But rather, good can come out of it because of his obedience to God and because of his intentionality. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's where I I've spoken with some of my friends who. At Southeast, who uh, I mean, I'm leaning on the more deterministic mm-hmm. side, and mm-hmm. um, you know, they would say stuff like God ordains stuff, like, and I'm like, you're running a <laughs> a risky line right there, you yeah, know, because yeah. it's like, well, if he ordains it, I mean, it's almost like he's the well, author. Every, of everything it. He's LAC, yeah. it makes him the author of it, right? Right. Because like, yeah, because like they were even <laughs> saying some stuff like, you know. Well, in their worldview, something like nine eleven was ordained by God, and I'm like, that's the, that's what the mus like the radical Muslims said, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, and you know, they obviously they, you know, I said, but that's another thing. But that's where you know, I would caution to that mindset because you run into a lot of problems with the character of God. Yeah. We, yeah. just, we just live in a sinful world full of sinful people, yeah. and bad things are going to happen, and evil things will happen, and right. sometimes it's done intentionally, sometimes it's not. And so our goal and purpose then is when things happen to us, is use the discernment God's given us and say, okay, how am I going to respond to this, and can God get something good out of it? Right. Is it maybe, maybe it might be for my benefit to, to mature me, or maybe the benefit is to go reconcile with somebody and you go talk to them and say, look, I'm tired of being your enemy. We shouldn't be fighting. What's mm-hmm. going on here? And you mm-hmm. find out maybe the whole fight was something that was something silly to begin with, and you were able to reconcile. But if yeah. you never take that step of forgiveness and you know, and, and trying to uh, reconcile, uh, which is what Jesus did and what Paul teaches us to do, mm-hmm. you know, we forgive others because we've been forgiven. Yeah. I mean, that's our that's our uh, default position is forgiveness. Yeah, that's really. exactly right. And and, um, and 
forgiven doesn't necessarily mean forget. It doesn't mean if you were uh, raped by somebody that you're going to have a relationship with your rapist. And all. Right. No, it yeah. just means that, okay, in, in my life, for me to heal and to move forward, I can forgive that person and I can, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. But now my story then can be used in other situations where if I come in contact with somebody who has a very similar situation, I'm able to talk with them and help them and see there is a bigger plan of purpose. Well, and like there's yeah. a... But if we're always fighting, we never get to the point where we're going to bring them to that point like, well, maybe there's a bigger and better purpose out yeah. there. And one of the, you know, y'all know a couple of years ago I went through a broken engagement and there was this one guy back at home when I went back to preach earlier this month. He's gone through a similar thing. He's gone through a broken engagement now mm-hmm. and things that have really piled on much worse <laughs> by any means, mm-hmm. much worse than what I had it. But, you know, I was able to use, you know, a little bit of my story to kind of help him through, you know, some coping things sure. and stuff like that. And because I think it's important to really, God redeems, you know, kind of like what's there. You know, he redeems what's there. He, you know, might not have caused it, but he redeems what's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the ways that, he does, you know, we can empathize with people, sympathize with people, and be able to share the gospel through pain, former, right. you know, former pain and healing. Um, and I think that's something something good to realize for our, you know, for anybody who is trying to, you know, heal from anything. You know, if somebody is struggling with forgiveness, the Lord can use this to help redeem something in your life. And... I just, you know, I just want to throw that out there that the Lord wants to redeem the things that are there. You know, yeah. If anybody is kind of like struggling, you know, God might not have caused it, but He wants to redeem what's there. Yeah, and I think I think that's the key, right? The key is that God didn't cause God. God didn't go, okay, Blake. I'm going to need you to be able to minister to other people who have broken engagements, so I'm going to break your engagement. Oh yeah, (laughs) it's not. It's not like that. Uh And I think I think that's what I think that's how people sometimes look at it. Well, in order for me to be able to use Blake in this ministry opportunity, I've got to hurt him here. And, yeah. and, I don't and that think... just makes us chess pieces in a big master chess game that God's having with Satan. And, right. I, and, that and just, I don't think we're that. I don't think we are either. But I do think, though, that God does take when bad things happen, when you are hurt, when you go through something like that. You're right. God can redeem it. God can use it. Uh, God can use you in, in unique ways now that he couldn't have maybe before. But that doesn't mean that he caused it in order right. for that to and, happen. And... You know, at the point you do become kind of fully healed, you know, you it's almost weird to think, but you're almost thankful that you did go through it because of the benefit of helping people yeah. later, you know. And yeah. now, you know, grand, there's something I'm not thankful I went through, you know, right. <laughs> by, sure, sure. <laughs> by sure. any means. But, you know, I'm... I, but you can see God's greater purpose, but, and that's the whole point. Yeah, and God's, you know, God can use terrible things right. to bring about good. Yeah, and I think that just talks about God's greatness. Well, yeah, I, good I, I, I think I think that's, that's that a good he, way. To... He can use something that's terrible and bring it for good. Yeah, that's good. All right, uh, Jeff, what are we talking about this coming Sunday? All right, this, <laughs> we're actually going to look at uh, the, the most. I, I'm going to call it the most misapplied, misinterpreted passage. Ooh. part of a passage. Okay, the truth shall uh, shall make you free, or shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. And so we're going to talk about that during the 4th of July and kind of intertwine our freedom as Americans and what real true freedom is. Okay. And take that verse in context and see that it's not talking about just any truth claim out there. Right. Uh, That's that's good. I like like that. that. All right. So we'll look forward to discussing that. um, And there'll be a blog so you can read about it ahead of time. That'll be the introduction to the Oh, okay. Cool. So we'll we'll look forward to hearing the message on that. And then we'll look forward to actually getting together and talking about it here on the main point. So that's going to do it for today, folks. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today, we've talked about some Maybe some controversial stuff for, for some people, I, I, you know, and uh, and maybe you've got some thoughts on some of the things you want to share that with us. We 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 invite you to, to engage with us in conversation and dialogue. Agree um, or disagree? Yeah, agree or disagree, and and we're we're absolutely open to that. You can do that by emailing us at rosbcpastors. That's plural at gmail.com. 
And uh, we would invite your comments, invite your questions, and invite the dialogue because that's just something our country needs to do more of is have constructive dialogue. We hope this has been helpful for you and uh, a blessing to you today. And uh, may you have a blessed rest of your week. And we look forward to uh, joining you on the next one. Until then, so long.